0: Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus.
1: Old Testament reading today from 16th Sunday after Trinity is 1 Kings chapter 17. After this the son of the woman the mistress of the house became ill and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah what have you against me O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her give me your son. And he took him in her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged, and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, have you brought calamity upon my the widow of whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times, and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again and revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, "See, your son lives." And the woman said to Elijah, "Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth is in truth." This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. If you open the middle of your bulletin and join me with a catechetical review, the seventh petition of the Lord's prayer but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition, in summary, that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul and possessions and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. Today's epistle reading is from Ephesians chapter 3. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength and comprehend with all saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know that love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Please stand as we sing together the gospel. Hallelujah. The, the, the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke the 7th chapter. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. This is the Gospel of our Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen, we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you again for the hope and the promise that we have through the resurrection and forgiveness of sins that Jesus has given to us. Strengthen us now in the power and the promise of his life given to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Hope! That's what we have. An eternal, everlasting hope. Not based in me, not based in your life, not based in your success or your failures. An eternal hope given to you by Jesus. Hope is a powerful thing. And hope in Christ is even more powerful. Hope in Christ allows us to go on in the midst of uncertainty. Hope in Jesus rising from the dead allows us to bury one of our loved ones and know that this is not permanent. That because Christ has died and risen and claimed them in the waters of baptism, that this dear saint that we lay to rest in the grave will rise again when Jesus calls them. Hope is the reason that in most funerals that we do, For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hope, right there in that psalm. We are reminded in that psalm that walking through the valley of the shadow of death is where Jesus is. And he's there in the gospel account today. He's there to give hope to the hopeless. He's there to give hope to us. The woman that Jesus comes to in the gospel reading for today is burying her son. The bearers are carrying the beer forward. And Jesus sees them in procession. The woman has been there before. She has buried her husband. And now she buries her son. Even though she's surrounded by this great group of people that come to her. Because of this injustice that's happening to her. She's alone. She's alone in death. She's alone leaving her son behind, buried in the earth. She's alone in her grief, in her sorrow, and her uncertainty. I don't need to say anything more about the woman there walking alone, because you know that walk. You've walked that walk with some of your loved ones, Maybe even walking through the valley of the shadow of death with your own son. Jesus says something to that woman that's there that seems insensitive. He says to her, do not weep. If it were anyone else, anyone other than Jesus saying this, it would be insensitive. It would be hurtful even. But Jesus stands there with this woman to bring her hope. He stands there, he touches the bier, stops the procession, and says, Young man, I say to you, arise. And her dead son sits up in the casket. Death loses its claim on the only son of this mother. This once lifeless man sits up right out of his burial chamber and he speaks, Grief has no place here because death has been defeated. And life has been restored. Hope wins the day because Jesus is more powerful than death. The hope that Jesus commands over death overshadows any grief that this mother has. The resurrection of Jesus overshadows any grief, every grief, that we have as well. Many times when we go to funerals, even Christian funerals, It seems like death has won the day. It seems like death has won all the way around. It seems like there could be no hope. Funeral sermons full of stories and memories of the deceased, they might give momentary relief from the reality of the valley of the shadow of death. But the memories and the stories are all in the past. They all are over. And eventually, they'll all leave us with no hope. There's no hope in the the looking at the person's life and remembering. There's no hope for the present or the future. Promoting the good life and the good life of works and the good things that that lifeless person now has done gives us, the living, a false hope that being good and doing good is really all that matters to God. Shame on the pastor that preaches a touching funeral sermon full of stories of the deceased and never gets to the absolute life-giving hope that Jesus spoke to this woman and to every single person when he said, It is finished. Your sin that brings death is finished. And because Christ has died for our sins, because he was buried in the ground for you, because he descended into hell and declared to Satan that his reign over God's children is over, and because Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, just like he promised, we have hope. Hope that death cannot take away. Some time ago after a funeral that I did here, I was chastised by someone who was at the funeral because we didn't have a eulogy during the service. This person said to me, Pastor, you robbed us of our time to heal. No, dear misinformed saint, I didn't. I gave you a certain hope that is centered in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and that was for the person that is now, momentarily, sleeping. That's our hope. That's our hope for today. A eulogy has its place. Remembering the good times and the life has its place. But it's not in the funeral service. A eulogy in the funeral service is a hopeless telling of stories of how well you know the person, how much fun you had with them, how you're going to miss them, and how life will never be the same without them. A eulogy in the funeral service is simply man's attempt to assure us that the person's life was worthwhile. And it's a hopeless exercise that can only look to the past and leave us in grief and mourning. When Jesus gave back this son to his mom, there was hope. And not just hope because her son is alive again, but hope that goes and reminds us that death does not get the last word. We're taught by Disney and by the world around us that that death is just a part of the circle of life. We're taught that death is natural. We're taught that death is something we should expect and accept. Well, dear saints, that's a lie. Death is an intruder. Death is not part of God's perfect plan of creation, and death has already been defeated. Yes, when we gather, when one of our loved one dies, we mourn and we grieve and we cry. And we gather with our brothers and sisters in Christ because of our momentary loss. Did you hear that? We mourn because of our temporary loss. Every funeral service we do starts with hope. It starts with the gospel. It starts with Jesus in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit reminding us that Christ has claimed us and the one that we bury in the waters of baptism. And then it starts with God's promise to us through Jesus. St. Paul writes in Romans, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. At Jesus' crucifixion, he was the worst damned sinner ever to die. All your sins and your sins And your sins, and my sins, and the sins of the entire world were charged against Jesus. The wages of sin is death, and Jesus paid the sentence in full. He went to the grave so that you went free. On the third day, just as he promised... He rose from death's grasp. Death could not hold the sinless Son of God, and it has no power to hold you, because those who die in faith will rise as certainly as Jesus rose from the dead. Your baptism was your old death. Your old sinful Adam was crucified right there in the waters of baptism and drowned and died and connected to Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you were connected to Jesus' death and you you were eternally connected to his resurrection. Every baptized believer we bury is only sleeping. The body rests from its labor. They will wake And their body will be made perfect when Jesus calls on that last day. Their soul rests with Jesus. No more crying, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sin, no more death. And one day when Jesus comes again, soul and body, believers being raised again into a new heaven and a new earth and a perfect body without sin and a future without death will be the hope of those who die in faith. Jesus spoke to this young man, and he rose from death. Jesus said, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And Jairus' daughter got up and began walking. Jesus called to his own friend Lazarus, who was four days dead in the grave and decomposing. And Lazarus walked out whole and healed. He speaks to death. Every time Jesus commands someone to becoming alive again, he does not speak to the person. He speaks to death. Death, you have no power here. Death, you have no sting because the sin has been covered by my blood. They've been forgiven because I have gone to the grave for them. I've given my life that sin can no longer reign over them or separate them from me. I've given them my victory in death. You have no power to keep them. Dear saints, we have a death-piercing hope because of Jesus. You don't have to accept death. In fact, living eternal hope demands us That we never accept death because death has been defeated and the victory is gifted to you. When we gather on the third day after Jesus was crucified, it's not Easter morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. It's remembering that Jesus received, or that Jesus gave us eternal life, that Jesus won the victory, that he gave the victory to us. We don't gather in Easter, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, thinking that Jesus tried, but he died, and that's the end of the story. We gather on the first day of the week, on the first day of the resurrection, knowing that Christ is risen, and he has kicked off the throne death. And taken that seat for himself. Because of Jesus' forgiveness for you. And his resurrection for us. for us, Death does not have the last word. The last word is hope. The last word as we lay the one that we love in the earth temporarily. Is Christ is risen. That's our victory. And that's our hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now the peace that passes, all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.